If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine and has some of the best products out there, including their just-released 15 and 60 Go Boxes. These are durable, stackable, dust and watertight storage that's great for organizing and transporting all your favorite gear to and from the field. I actually got to test some of these this past season and put them through the paces traveling from hunt to hunt. It kept my stuff accessible and protected. Practical in so many situations, from raft trips down the river to elk camp in the Rockies, it's nearly indestructible, go anywhere storage that's now available. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Live Wild Podcast. You know, as tag results start getting posted, hopefully you're finding yourself with a tag this year. Maybe it's for a limited entry area, maybe it's just a unit that you've wanted to hunt, or possibly a general unit either out of state or where you live. But no matter the tag, you want to make the most of it. So this week, I'm going to be covering a really important topic. We're going to talk about scouting. Now, there are three main reasons to scout. The first is just to understand a new or unfamiliar area. Second would be to find animals or preferred future habitats. And then the third would just be finding a specific animal or class of animal to target. With summer rapidly approaching, that can be a great time to plan a scouting mission in your area. Check out the unit and see what could be out there. I'm going to be breaking down scouting over the next few weeks, including what to look for, how to approach the area depending on the species and time of year, and where to concentrate your efforts. This week, we're going to look at the first one of understanding a new area. Next week, we're going to cover finding animals and dive a little bit deeper into preferred future habitats. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up by looking at targeting specific animals and how to make the most out of a hard-to-draw tag. But before we do that, I wanted to share the story of a scouting mission that yielded some great knowledge of a new area and some big cutthroat trout to boot. So there's a couple places that I'll hunt, you know, maybe not every year, but every couple of years, maybe, you know, do hunt it a few years in a row and then maybe not have a tag in there or, or schedules might change. But uh, there's some places that I just hunt multiple times and those places that I've hunted multiple times, there's a lot of spots within those units that I've actually never set foot in. And it's not because I don't think there's animals there. It's just that I, it's unfamiliar country and I tend to keep going back to where I know. So in 2020, during the lockdowns and all that big fiasco, 
I found myself with some extra time during the summer and thought, man, this would be great to actually get to know some different units in a place that I hunt regularly or have hunted in the past. And this one particular spot, I just thought, I've looked at it e-scouting, I've marked it so many times, but when you only have five days to hunt, I tend not to go in there because I don't know, okay, I, I know nothing about the access points, I, I don't know the area, so I just decided this is going to be a good place to scout and learn more areas in this particular unit that I like to hunt because it just gives me more options down the road for elk, for deer, for spring bear, whatever. So, and especially with tags getting harder to draw, it's an over-the-counter tag. So I could just pick it up and go depending on how the tag draws work. So I just thought this would be a good spot to learn some new places in here and maybe increase my success during that fall season. So early springtime, I said, I'm going to go in there and, and check it out. And I'm glad I did because my wife and I went up there. It was like still pretty early spring. I guess it had been maybe June, maybe even early, beginning part of June. And on the map, it looked like it was a good road. <laughs> so we take my truck up there and the road just gets narrower and narrower. And soon I'm pretty much like dragging my diffs over rocks and this is not good and I can't find a place to turn around. So we're a little underprepared for the road conditions that were shown on the map. And I end up hitting a part where there's like too much snow. I could have probably made it through, but I, it wasn't worth sliding off because I didn't know if I'd even be able to turn around. The road was just getting worse and steeper and, and tighter. So I ended up backing out a long ways. It, it took most of the day to get to a spot where I could turn around and it was just like rock crawling. I just had to keep going because there was no other options. So I, I went back to a place, I walked down the road, found a good turnaround, backed out. And we went and scouted some other spots with that place in mind. So with that spot in mind, we decided later on in the summer, we were going to make a good scouting mission in there and just get a lay of the land. There's, I looked at it for years on my maps and had some glassing points marked and some other things and trails and all this other stuff, but I hadn't actually set foot in there. And now having attempted to get in there with the truck, I knew, okay, this is going to be a little bit different experience. We're going to come back with, we ended up coming back with a general and a side-by-side -side and planning out going in there later in the summer. So fast forward to later in the summer, we, I loaded up the side-by-side, -side, we drove it, trailered it there and then, and then parked and, and drove up, loaded our stuff in backpacks. And we just planned on an overnight backpack trip, not necessarily looking for animals, but more just looking at the country, looking how to get in there, see what these trails looked like. There's a place that I wanted to pop into a big basin. It was through a burn. Okay. What kind of deadfalls in here? Because if I'm going to hunt this later in the season, I want to know whether it's worth going in there, whether it's easy to get into, hard to get into. Just really see the things that I couldn't see on a map. Threw a couple fishing rods in. There's a few little lakes back there. Decided, let's just see if we can catch any fish. And we're just going to do what would be a summer backpacking trip into an area that I held tags in often that we'd never explored. So we head up there. At this point, the roads were mostly clear. Uh, not as much snow, so we were able to get in. Most of it had burned off. And we had the added benefit of being in a side-by-side -side so we could 
actually get there and not destroy the truck. That's one of the things that I kept thinking about is if I came in here during the season, I would have wasted an entire day of hunting realizing that I couldn't actually get my truck there, would have had to park the truck and then hunting in an area that I didn't know. And I would have felt like I was wasting a lot of time. But hey, we're on a summer trip now. There's a lot less pressure. We're just in here having a good time, taking a backpacking trip and hopefully learning a new area. So we go in there. Uh, we get to the trailhead. There's a couple different trails. And where I really wanted to check out was a spot that the trail didn't go to, but we we're just going to check out. Okay, here's some access points. So we took the trail in. A pretty clean trail, pretty easy trail. Hiked in a couple miles to a lake, set up camp, and said, this is where we're going to base out of. Actually, on the way in, we, we blew out an elk. And started, uh, you know, that night, camped that night. Decided to do a little bit of fishing. Caught some incredible cutthroats had some of the best cutthroat fishing i've had in a long time i think we were probably some of the first people to fish it for that year i don't know how many people actually went in there to fish that part was awesome cooked up some trout over the fire and was learning an area that i've hunted in the past but just never been to this particular spot on the way in i actually spotted a good mule deer buck which would be one of the deer that i would target that following season now uh, one of the other things that this trip provided was just an idea of how to access other portions, the place that I wanted to get into. I found out that it was a lot harder to get into than I was initially expecting. A lot of deadfall, a lot of burn. And what that ended up leading me to do was find other areas around and and to get into this particular spot. Because when I got into the spot, I go, okay, this is somewhere rare. It could be good for deer, it could be good for elk. It had everything that I wanted and I knew that I could access it, but I also now had the time to say, how can I get into here a little bit better? So I, I went around, found other, essentially not a trail, but an area where it wasn't burned, started looking on the map, go, okay, where hasn't it burned? And then walked through the non-burn up to the ridge where I could catch a trail that was miles away from the trailhead. And I got in there in half the time had I just gone to the other spot and parked in the trailhead because of that that actually led to so i took a friend in there and he killed a really big bull elk and over the years i've found some good animals in the past couple of years i've hunted it and had some incredible hunts because of this summer scouting mission not necessarily looking for animals but just learning the access points learning how to get into areas kind of just putting boots on the ground and eyes into an area that you know, previously hadn't hunted, but in a place that I'd hunted a lot. It really opened up a lot of country for me and gave me more options during the coming hunting seasons. So this week, what we're going to do is we're really going to look at the first reason that you might scout an area. And I set this up as a three-part series for a reason, because I think that there's a lot of different ways that I scout and depending on the time you have and the type of tag is going to depend on the things that you're going to focus on. So the first reason that you might scout a new area would be understanding that area. And we're talking about getting boots on the ground and we aren't necessarily, you might think like scouting, yes, involves looking for animals, but I think that there's three stages of it. And depending on how much time you have, where you're at, might depend on what you get out and do and the things that I'm focusing on and the way that I scout. So if I drew a limited entry sheep tag, let's say, the first in an area that I've never been, 
it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm going to really put in and invest time in knowing this area before that season starts because the season's so limited and I want to make the most out of that tag. Well, the first thing that I'm going to do is I need to learn that area and understand that area regardless of where the animals are. Then I'm going to try to probably find, figure out where the animals are once I understand the area and probably we'll start seeing animals based off of previewing that the unit. And then from there, I'm going to just try to target and, and understand, okay, what kind of class of, uh, sheep are in here and what's the biggest ram and the best ram and, and maybe there I can find one animal that I'm going to target during the season. But to start out, the primary scouting method that I'm looking at is just understanding the area. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking for those glassing advantages. I'm looking to learn about access roads and trails. There's certain things on a map that a map can show you that don't really equate to what it's actually like out there. Like in the story, the place that I ended up and now I hunt quite often, the road on a map was, which is from my e-scouting, was a road that you could drive. And yes, you could drive it. You could take a truck down it. It would take you a long time. You'd probably break a lot of stuff and you're going to just add a lot of pain and suffering to <laughs> to the trip because you're probably going to break down. I actually was scouting a new area last season, kind of doing the same thing. Decided, uh, I was like, I, I've run into this road problem before. So I had a, we just decided to take the side-by-side. And I ran into a dude that had taken his truck up there and just completely blew a tire and like busted, cracked his oil pan or something. I can't remember what it was, but I mean, his his truck was broken down in the middle of nowhere. And it was like, good thing we came in on him because he was going to be pretty stuck. He was scouting as well. And it was like, he's like, well, glad I did this now, not during the season. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a really good time to run into problems because you aren't eating away those precious hunting days. But just understanding what that access looks like. You know, is that road a four-wheeler only road? Is that road not even drivable? Is that road washed out? What does that access look like? And then what do those trails look like? There's a lot of trails out there. Not all trails are equal. Some trails are highly maintained, no trees across it. And then there's other trails that haven't been touched or cleaned up in years. There's deadfall over it. And you're probably better off not even walking on the trail. You're just better off finding a better route through there. These are kind of things that are going to give you specific information on the unit and maybe places to hunt and where to hunt. So we're just building out this idea of understanding the unit that we're hunting. Another thing we're going to be looking at is those potential campsites, water sources, feeding areas, travel routes, saddles, ridges, ways to get in and around things. And then most important, just what the area looks like. If there's a burn, how did it burn? How's the feed? How's the water? So we're going to dive into all those things right now, talking about and kind of really understanding my scouting process when I go into an area. So when I'm thinking about an initial scouting in an area that I don't know, I first am going to look over it and e-scout. And I'm, I'm highlighting areas that I want to check out when I get boots on the ground. And during a scouting, I call it a scouting mission. If I've got maybe just a day, maybe a couple of days, my first thing that I want to do is I want to preview as much of that area as possible. So I cruise. I cover a lot of the unit as an overview, and that's always my first scouting day. What I want to do is I've hopefully marked some places on my maps. So I've got my go hunt maps out. The couple of things that I start marking is access points, glassing vantages, and then 
other play things that I think might appeal to the species that I'm hunting. So maybe I've marked up some feeding areas, some other things that I think, okay, this is, this is where I want to check out. But my first initial move in any place is going to be just to cruise to cover as much of the unit as possible. Sometimes I'll drive around it. I'll just check out, okay, here's that access road. Here's that access road. I, I check it on the map. Okay, this looks like a good access point. And then I start to hone in on particular areas. So the first thing that one of the things that I'm really looking for would be those access roads and those trails and just saying, I might not even go down them, but I just want to look at them and say, here's where it is. And it gets into this portion of the unit. Maybe there's a place where I can cruise another access road and, and say like, okay, this is, oh, this road's actually gated. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Or this road does not look like a, a vehicle travel road, or this road is a main thoroughfare. Sometimes that stuff is very hard to tell on maps of like, this is a main road. This is an offshoot road. And maybe I found a spot that I marked that I go, ah, this looks like a, a great place to hunt. And maybe there's a road through it. Well, maybe that road is like a practically a dirt highway, or it could be a road that's like, mm, this road sees very little traffic or travel. That's going to play a big difference in where I decide to hunt. But just getting an idea of the access points, the types of road, the lay of the land is a game changer when it comes time to going into that area. Because you can build out a mental picture of that hunt plan and just one or two days is going to give you an added advantage to when the season rolls around. Now there's this thought of like, hey, I've only got so many days to take off to hunt. What's better? Do I go out and scout for a couple of days and then have less time hunting? Or do I have more time in the field hunting? Now there's a couple of ways that I've thought about that over the years. I think that you sometimes can't just see it as, as black and white like that. There are sometimes the nice thing about scouting or previewing in the areas. Maybe you can do it at a different time of year where it's not necessarily the same as taking that time away from the hunting season. So what I like to do is try to, if, even if it's just for a day, a long weekend, whatever, I'll, I'll make a road trip. I'll go out. I'll just preview the area. And it's like, I'm not going out to find an animal to hunt for that tag. What I'm doing is just learning that unit. So when I go in there with that tag of five days to hunt, I'm not wasting time or losing time in areas that immediately once I got in there, I can say, this is not a good spot to check out, or this won't be as productive as other places, or, ooh, I really like the look of that. E-scouting is very important, but it only takes you so far. And the boots on the ground, one day on the ground, two days on the ground can verify or null almost 99% of your e-scouting. And so that's what I'm looking to do. So I'm looking at those access roads, trails, and other things, and then I'm looking at those glassing vantages. When I preview the area first, I'm first looking, I'll actually identify places that go, I've got a good overview of the unit, maybe like so far away that I can't even pick up animals, right? And because I'm not really looking for animals at this point. I'm just looking at the country. And another thing that I'll like to do is I'll pull out my phone and just take screenshots or just pictures and drop it, like save it with the pin. Uh, this is what this looks like to help me remember when I, I decide to kind of build out my hunt plan, what it looked like in the areas that I, I really gravitated toward. Now, when we're thinking about looking at an area, we got to look at it through the lens of what's the season that we're going to be hunting 
And what's the animal that we're going to be hunting? If we've got a archery elk season, I'm going to look at that area differently than maybe if I've got an October mule deer season because I'm looking at matching up the landscapes based on those animal habitats. If I've got an antelope season, what I'm looking for in that unit is antelope country, not just any kind of country. So we're really trying to target the type of landscape for what we're going to be hunting. And then, so I'll find those glassing advantages that are big wides where I can really just get a look of like, how's, what's this area even look like? And then for the most part, if I think back of places that I've scouted or my initial scout, most of my initial scouting is driving to be hundred percent honest, because I really want to see as much country as possible in as little time as possible. If I have more time than what I'm doing is I'm first doing this big wide. So I like start wide and then I start to focus in. So I'm going to, I'm going to look at the unit with that like wide perspective. And then I'm going to start finding places that I think are going to be huntable for what I want. And those are the places that I'm going to then invest more time in learning and understanding. Other things that I'm going to look at is glassing advantages, those more narrow focus glassing advantages of, Hey, I identified this on, on a digital map. What's it actually look like from there? Is it a good glassing vantage or is it not as open as I thought? Do I not have the view that I might have thought I'd, I'd have? So these are all things that I'm going to verify in the field when I'm scouting. Now, depending on the type of landscape you're in, in a more arid landscape, this is extremely important. When I'm scouting for a pronghorn hunt in more arid country, when I'm scouting for desert bighorn sheep, when I'm scouting for elk in Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona, anything like that, water sources are a huge factor for what I'm looking for. Now, in areas where there's water and creeks everywhere, maybe this isn't such a big deal. But if I'm planning on, maybe I'm planning a backcountry hunt into an area that I've decided on a canyon, I say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunt this canyon. This is where I'd go, okay, I'm going to look in there for water sources to know where I might be able to get drinking water, what that might look like for animals. These are going to be, this is something that I highly target. So when I look at my map before scouting, I've identified a lot of the water sources and these are places that I'm going to check out. The reason I check them out is a water source on a map. You could have multiple springs does not mean that there's going to be water there. Every water source is not the same. There's many times where I've pinpointed springs on a map and there's been no water there. And then the next year there might be water there. So getting real time information of what that looks like in the summer is a huge benefit. So I'll go in there and I will start uh, pinpointing water sources, guzzlers, springs, cattle trap, whatever it is. What are these water sources? And then checking them. Is that water source dry? Is that water source wet? Is that somewhere, if I'm hiking into a backcountry unit, is this somewhere where I can get water? You know, maybe I'll day hike in a place that I'm planning on overnighting or maybe I'll even overnight for a night or whatever and just start checking those water sources and say, hey, this far up the trail, the creek went under the ground. Now that might change if you've got a later season, but if you've got an early season, you go, okay, if I'm backpacking in, now I know that I've got to have water and the water isn't actually where I thought it would be. I don't know how many backcountry hunts I've been on that I've have planned on finding water and where I saw water on the map, the water wasn't there. And had I had that knowledge a little bit earlier, I could have approached the hunt a little bit different. I could have brought more water. I could have done certain things that would have helped me out and I would have probably had more success. And then there are hunts where I 
highly scouted it and did this and checked all these water sources. And I mean, I got into a spot that had a spring and that spring was five miles in and it was absolutely dry. And that allowed me to eliminate this particular area out of the potential hunt. And because of that, I was ultimately successful because I I was able to focus on a different area. Sometimes scouting is as much seeing where you don't want to go as as much where you do want to go. Another thing I'm looking for is potential campsites. This can be one of those things when you go into a unit that's brand new, you go, where's a good place, uh, especially if you're, maybe you're pulling a trailer and you've got four wheelers, or maybe you're going to have a base camp somewhere you want it to be accessible, but, you know, keep you mobile. Some of the a past podcast we just did about day hunting, you know, finding that campsite where it's like, Hey, I can access a lot of different areas from here easily, but it's easy to get into easy to get out of. Maybe you're backpack hunting and you go, where's a good place that I'm not going to be in the zone, but Hey, it's, it's flat enough. It's got water. I'm looking for those potential campsites. I don't know how many hunts where I've, I've started out. It's like you get in whatever time. Cause you, you know, like you're working, whatever you head out you get to the spot. It's like evening time, and now it's like, all right, now I got to find a place to camp. And I want it to be a pretty solid camp based off of where I'm hunting and what I'm going. If I have pre-knowledge of that campsite, that's a game changer for the entire hunt. Just knowing, yeah, I can get a trailer turned around here. I was like, dude, I was – this is uh, – how was it? A couple of years ago. I was in New Mexico, and we had a campsite picked out. And I hadn't been up the road and I just assumed it'd be great. And so I had a UTV on a trailer and I'm like pulling it up this road and we were going, slow. and it is such a rough road. I destroyed my trailer. I ended up leaving the trailer off the side of the road, pulling the thing off. And luckily someone was with me and they could drive that. And we drove the trucks in, but I mean, I completely jacked up a trailer that I had then had to drive 1200 miles home because I, I didn't really know the area. And so just having a little bit of knowledge of that could have been the difference of wrecking my trailer or getting in a lot later. We ended up with flat tires and the whole deal is just, uh, you know, Murphy decided to just come out of the woodwork because we didn't have that pre-knowledge and it wouldn't have been that hard to get that pre-knowledge with just a little one or two days of scouting. So the other thing that we're going to focus on when previewing the area is depending on the, the type of animal we're hunting, We've looked at water sources. Now we're thinking about feeding areas. If I'm mule deer hunting, I'm looking for specific mule deer browse and feed. If I'm elk hunting, I'm looking for more elk graze. If I'm antelope hunting, I'm looking for those open prairies where they they tend to congregate. So I'm matching areas in the unit that have the particular feed source for the type of animal that I'm hunting. And maybe this is something you can do from afar, right? You've got those, you're taking those big wides, you're cruising through the country, you're really getting a lay of the land and you can start dropping pins on places that say, this is suitable, this is suitable, this is suitable. Maybe you're seeing it in the middle of the day. I would not write any particular part of a unit off during one of these initial scouting missions because most of it you're going to be seeing during the day when it's hot and the animals aren't out. What you're looking for is habitat and focusing on potential habitat. We aren't necessarily looking for animals. Some of the best areas that I've found for the hunting season, I've seen zero animals in in these initial scouts because I'm in there the wrong time of day. It's um, wrong time of year, particularly, or you know, just the animals aren't out at that time. But 
that area has everything the animals need. So then I can check that as this is a place to focus on later. And in a future podcast, what we're going to talk about next week is finding the animals and how to assess essentially if you're doing a summer scouting mission, are those animals going to be there in September, November, December, whenever your tag is, but hey, I'm out here and I've got time during the summer to check it out. So we'll talk about that later. But the other thing that we're going to focus on now is is also travel routes. And what I mean by that is I look for those saddles and ridges, those good access points, places that elk or deer might travel on. And in those initial previews, sometimes I can I can pinpoint an area and say, this is the part of the area that I think is going to be the most successful. Now I'm going to go in there and just get a lay of the land. And what that might mean is I might there's so many places where I've gone and scouting and I, I start walking around and I find a good game trail that goes up a ridge and I know this is a good travel route. Animals are using it as a good game trail and it's actually a good access point to get to this glassing knob that I've pre-scouted or have now found because I was looking at the unit. And this is a good way in and out. Plus, I know that animals are using this. I'll also check those saddles and say, yeah, this is a good a good travel route from that big mountain up there. Kind of understanding the lay of the land, the way that that mountain lays out, the way that that unit lays out. Is it broken country? Is it a big mountain with certain kinds of faces? What's this area look like when I get in on the ground? Now, another key factor of this scouting and what we're going to really focus on is those ways in and out of certain areas. So when I'm scouting, I'm going to have my map out or on my phone and I'm going to be in that area looking off in the distance. So I'll be up at a glassing vantage, previewing the area and I'm going to say, okay, there's a pocket over here that looks real good. I've highlighted this as an area that I think is going to be successful. And now I'm pulling out my map and saying, what are the access points in and around that because where I'm at and where I'm looking might be two completely different ways in. There's a place that I scouted a couple years back and I, I was on one side of the unit glassing over and I saw this big, like I could, I was probably 10 miles away. And I said, that part of the mountain looks really good. Pull out my map and realize that I had a two hour drive around to get in and was only a mile hike in. Now I could have started at the bottom, but this particular spot had a way around that I wasn't even considering. So then I next moved around, took that drive, went over there, hiked in from that side and said, okay, this is the place I'm going to hunt and had a great hunt in there because I was able to look at that from afar and understand the ways in and around that and thought, hey, if I get something, I could actually hike down or there, there was a lot of options of, of getting in there. It's really important to understand how to move around in that area. And then it goes back to finding those access points, trails and other things. So we aren't necessarily looking for animals, but we're looking about how to move around in that area, how to get places. If we do spot an animal in a later scouting mission or during the hunt, how do I get there? How, what's the, what's the fastest way? Is it a way place that I can get my truck to? Is it somewhere where, Hey, I'm going to need to hike from the trailhead here, or I can drive around and, and pop over the ridge on the other side, or is the ridge on the other side so much deadfall that it's long, better to just take the long trail in from the bottom understanding the way that the mountain lays out access points and how to get around in the area is going to be a key to utilizing that time that you do have during the hunt more efficiently. Now, last but not least, I think that one of the most important factors of this scouting mission is understanding what the area looks like. And that means understanding what it looks like for current conditions outside of what a digital map can tell you. Yes, you can e-scout. Yes, you can pinpoint where elk and deer are. And, and so many hunts that I go on 
I might not have time to get out and scout it. There's a lot of hunts where I'm successful and I've never set foot in the area. So I, I do a lot of e-scouting, but the advantage of taking a few days or some time to scout ahead of the season is I would say that it multiplies your time in the field. I think of scouting as a time multiplier where if I go out and scout an area for one or two days and just preview the area, when I set foot in the area, I multiply those five days of hunting by essentially doubling it because I, I'm going to be focusing in on more productive places in the unit or have real-time information that I can apply to that hunt. If I didn't do that, when I get into an area, I spend the first couple days really essentially scouting. Yeah, the season's open. Yeah, I might find some animals, but I'm doing a lot of the same things that I'm doing during a scouting mission. So I, I cut my five-day hunt down to a three-day hunt effectively because I need to learn the lay of the land and understand what it looks like, where to go. So just by scouting a one or two days, I kind of multiply my time because when I get into the field, I, I gain those two days back and it's just overall benefits the way that I get to hunt that area. So what an area looks like is very important because this is not, this is something that you cannot read on a map. A couple of the things that I focus on is how's the feed in the area? depending on the winter and whatever, there's been areas where I've gone into and I look at the map and I go, this is a perfect spot for elk to feed. This is a great looking meadow. And I get there, well, the area got no rain during the spring and it's like as dry as it gets. In that part of the unit, there's no animals. Now, if I had known earlier that like the grass hadn't grown there, it was just a bad year for that particular ridge or you know, you see this opening and you go, yeah, that's great. And it turns out to be just all rock and hard dirt and not good grass growth. Well, I just wasted a lot of time maybe getting into that spot thinking it was going to be productive. When if I knew for this year where the feed is or how things are growing, that can play a huge difference. Also, talked about earlier, but where's the water? How's the water? Is there actually water where it says there's water? Are these creeks flowing? Do they disappear? Are they up high? Are they down low? What's the situation for real time for the season that I'm hunting? And then another big one, I love to hunt burns, but all burns are not created equal. You can look on a map and say, burned in 2020. Perfect. Oh, we're going to have some good regrowth and we can go in there and it should be open. We'll be able to glass and it'll be a great hunt. And you get in there and you realize that the burn on the map, it, it, yeah, it did burn where it said it burned, but... There's burns where it burns and doesn't burn that bad, where it just burns the bottom of the trees, kills the trees, all the leaves are still on, a lot of the undergrowth is still there, and it doesn't burn or maybe it doesn't open up as much country as you would have thought. And therefore, it's just like hunting in the timber. Now, there's other areas that might burn and, it, hey, it, it cleared out the whole thing. It's super easy to see in there. I can see for miles there's still a lot of standing trees and there's good grass growth. Or I look at it and go... It burned, it scorched the earth. It's just chalk dust and it's not really productive yet. Or maybe it burned 10 years ago and you go, okay, well, is there a lot of regrowth there where I won't be able to glass up deer and elk or so much deadfall that it's, it's maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the deadfall keeps other hunters out. Maybe there's a lot of deadfall and it's limiting animal movement. So understanding those things of saying, here's something on a map, but what's it look like right now, this year, and what's it going to look like for the coming season? Because 
just that little bit of information, what does it look like with boots on the ground, can tell you more than days and days and days of studying maps and e-scouting. E-scouting is very important. It's the basis for our hunt planning. But boots on the ground scouting definitely has its benefit and its advantage. If you're going to ask me like, hey, man, I've got five, seven days to hunt. I got a week to hunt. Should I spend some time scouting or should I go into the hunt? That's a tough question because sometimes when you've, you've, the season's open, right, you've got a chance at harvesting. But I really do believe that if it's me and I've got a tag that I, I really want to put emphasis on being successful, I want to make the most out of that tag, those are tags that I scout. I, there's very few tags in my life that I think are very important tags that I've held that I haven't scouted. And there's a reason for that. And that scouting knowledge has led to a lot of success. So I've, I've see it both ways because I, I do both things, but I think if you have the opportunity to get out and scout, absolutely do it. And I also believe that, you know, sometimes people think, oh, I need to scout right before the season. And that is true. If you're maybe looking for a specific animal, and we're going to talk about that later, but when to scout, the summer can be a great time to preview an area for a lot of reasons. The first being that the days are longer. You have a lot more daylight to actually look at stuff. The second is it's often a time when you can have some extra time to get away and do something like this. And you can make a trip out of it that's also an enjoyable summer trip. I think that for people that have families, you've got wife and kids or whatever, you can make these scouting trips a lot of fun. I've caught some of my best fish on scouting missions into new country. Maybe you're in a place where there is no fishing or whatever, but you know, you can make a camping trip out of it, a summer adventure, and get to learn the lay of the land. My wife and I were actually just talking uh, last night when I was thinking about stories and thinking about scouting, and we really just started to talk about some of our favorite adventures we're actually scouting missions for certain tags that one of us had drawn. She, you know, a lot of, we do a lot of antelope scouting and, and scouting for other tags that we put a lot of importance on. And we've had some awesome times during the summer checking out these areas, having a good time. There's not the same amount of pressure or whatever is when you're going out hunting. It's a, it's actually not that hunting is not enjoyable. Hunting is <laughs> the most enjoyable thing for me. But being out there scouting, you get to you really get to understand the landscape. You really get to just pay attention to the features of the land and, and really learn the area because you aren't so focused in on spending all your time looking for an animal. So you you actually have a lot more time to understand the unit. When you go in during the season, you're looking at the landscape and all the other things, but you're really focusing on finding something. So you're gonna you're gonna burn up a lot of time in the mornings and the evenings looking for particular animals, and you're gonna know a lot less about the unit when the best part or maybe a better place to go is just around the corner, but you didn't have the time to access it or check it out. So scouting is extremely important, especially if you have a tag that was hard to draw or you want to put emphasis on being successful, I highly encourage you to get out, preview the area, you know, verify things that you might find while e-scouting, get boots on the ground and see what are these real-time things that are going to affect my hunt in the upcoming hunting season. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that overview of looking at an area through the lens of scouting and learning the area. Next week, we're going to dive into 
looking for animals. So where are the animal populations within an area? And then how do I understand this area? If I'm scouting in the summer or spring or any other time of year aside from right before the season, how do I know if there's going to be animals there during the season? So we're going to look at some of the clues and key factors for that as well. I think that by just really understanding the differences of looking at a unit, looking for specific animals, looking for populations of animals, we can really build out good scouting practices and utilize your time a lot more efficiently, plus benefit yourself during the season. So I think that these are all really fun things to talk about. You know, when it comes time to when we're thinking about scouting, at least one of the things that I like to do, especially when it's in the summer is I like to go light and fast because for the most part, I'll have, I'll be in my vehicle, I'll cruise the area, I'll check things out. And then there's going to be certain places that I really want to dive into and say, I like the looks of this. Let's go into there. Let's, let's maybe hike up, hike back, do an overnight. And so in my pack, I've got, I, I kind of set up my pack in a way where I've got like a little bit of an overnight kit where I've got my stone glacier chilkoot quilt i've got a sleeping pad and then i've got like a meal or two a dinner a breakfast and you know just ready to rock and roll ready to go because if i'm out there i've got my optics i've got everything i need to just go preview that portion of the area and check it out it's during the summertime so i don't need as much gear as i might need later on in the season which is an added benefit the the evenings are warm the the weather can be generally mild and it's a really good time to get out uh, one of the things that I also think about, you know, from scouting through the season is Stone Glacier's incredible partner of ours. And I just noticed they have a lot of their sleep systems back available. So if that's something you're looking for this season, I would get on there now before it gets too late. If you're waiting till the end of the, the year or whatever, you're probably going to miss out. So they've got three different types of bags. They've got the Chilkoot Zero Degree, Chilkoot 15 Degree, and then the Chilkoot 32 Degree Quilt. When you're talking about sleeping bags, so those ratings are for different temperatures. The zero degrees, what you're going to want to use on those late season hunts, really cold temperatures, or if you're just a cold sleeper. I actually am a particularly cold sleeper, so I generally just rock a zero degree on most of my hunts throughout the season, except for early season where I just want to go light and fast. I'll use the 32 degree quilt. And the way the quilt works is, or any bag or whatever. Quilt actually doesn't have insulation on the back, so it's a lot lighter, stuffs down really tight. And then your insulation for the back portion of, or the you know what would be on your back if you're laying in the bag up, is your sleeping pad. So the sleeping pad, not only is it a cushion from the ground, but it's an insulation value from the cold that comes up from the ground. So that's one of the other things that you're going to want to look at if you're building out a sleep system is good insulation layer or a good pad. They've also got, I just noticed too, they they actually sell the sleeping pads. They're, they're the Thermarest Neo Air, like the Neo Air X lights, what I use. And Stone Glacier actually has them on their website right now as well. So if you're looking for an entire sleep system, they've got all that right now available. As always, you guys can use code live wild if you decide to buy something and you'll get free shipping on it so just something to think about if you've got early season hunts that quilt is new it's light that's what i'm going to be rocking pretty much from summer scouting all the way through 
the end of archery elk season. And then I can, you know, I've actually like cheated a little bit on some backcountry hunts last year when I was testing it out. I took it a little bit later than it's rated for, but I also had some down layers that I would wear in my bag. So it just kind of like added, it's like, okay, I've got this insulation layer anyways, this bag's keeping me warm. So just a way to kind of think about layering your system and going a little bit lighter and a little bit faster this season. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. You know, I'm really excited about just diving into scouting this time of year because it just will help us build out plans for maybe getting in your head as a, as a tag pops up. When There's nothing more exciting than when you draw a tag and you go, oh, I get to go hunting this year. And I'm the type of person, I can't actually wait for the season to roll around. So sometimes I just go, all right, we're going on a family camping trip. I was like, let me guess which unit is it? Yep, we're going to go in that unit. We're going to go check it out because there's a, a new spot that I want to check out. I've already got a couple scouting trips planned for tags this season, this summer. And and I'm really looking forward to them because it, it gets me out in the field. It gets you just pumped up and really helps me build out that hunting plan. So if I've got two or three days to hunt, uh, you know, sometimes that happens where it's like, ah, it's a busy, whatever, you know, I've got X amount of days to hunt, maybe three to five days to hunt. I'm going to make the most out of it because I've already set foot in that area. And I'm hopefully have some good Intel on what I'm looking for. So I think that this will be a, a really good series. You know, I love to hear your guys' feedback. Reach out social media at Remy Warren on Instagram. I've got a lot of videos starting to come up on YouTube. Some of this stuff will be, I'm going to cover some gear stuff. We've got some uh, fun hunts that I did last year that'll be coming out. So if you aren't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure to check that out. Subscribe, turn on the notifications because when those videos pop up, people keep saying like, oh, I love your videos, but I never see when new ones pop up. As an added bonus, this is because I got a lot of requests from you guys. People were asking for some video form of the podcast because they like to listen on YouTube or maybe they just like to see some extra stuff. So I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be releasing some of these podcasts in video form on my YouTube channel. So they'll actually air a little bit later than they release on normal podcast platforms just because the edit time it takes me a little bit to do that but i want to know if you guys think these are valuable it actually takes a lot of time for me to do these to put those videos together so if you like them feel free to give them a like drop a comment let me know if it's worth continuing to do or maybe it's just not worth the time to do it but i, I really want to build this out as something that you guys enjoy and, and trying to meet people for what they ask for, trying to deliver the best I can. So I hope you guys appreciate that. I really appreciate all of you that listen and support the podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to the podcast, for leaving a rating wherever you listen. It honestly does mean a lot to me. So thank you guys so much. I'm going to say until next week, go learn the zone. Learn the zone. <laughs> Catch you later. Catch you later.